You're listening to Creative Confidential with Brian Tuck. Brian is a social entrepreneur and attorney who focuses on startup companies, nonprofit organizations, and arts and entertainment law issues. Creative Confidential starts now. My guest today is Gerard Longo, the founder and uh, somewhat one-man army behind uh, a great site called lehighvalleyunderground.com. Gerard, welcome to the podcast. Thanks for having me, Brian. Uh, very happy to be here today. So we have run in a kind of parallel lines, you know, me sort of in the jazz world and you, I think, maybe in the indie rock uh, world to some extent. And um, we compare notes quite often and it was seemed like it would be a good idea. Maybe people would be interested in hearing uh, us riff on on music and what's uh, what's going on out there. So, you know, perhaps if you could tell people a little bit about what LehighValleyUnderground.com is. All right. Well, Lehigh Valley Underground is a local um, music news media organization. Uh, we cover the local scene here in eastern Pennsylvania, western New Jersey, and we'll go a little bit outside of our circle. We'll do some Beyond the Valley features on bands, you know, say in Philly, New York, even beyond that. Um, you know, we'll, we'll review albums. We'll go out. We'll cover shows. We'll uh, send a photographer, whether it's me or whether it's a contributor, to uh, capture the moment there. We'll do longer form features. Um, and, of course, there's a podcast of my own called The Quinn Spin, which <laughs> we can get into a little bit if you want. Um, yeah, definitely. That's a great – It's a- it serves- the amount of work you put into that thing is is really something else. It's a lot of fun, and that actually um, it's funny because the Quinspin actually predates Lehigh Valley Underground by you know a couple of years. Um, that's kind of how my forays into independent music began. Um, you know, I, I just I was looking, I was working in corporate America, commuting to and from New York, from uh, rural New Jersey, and I just needed an outlet and. I remembered I did college radio and I wanted to, you know, get back into it, you know, start a podcast and, you know, I wanted to, you know, feature music and, you know, I didn't have all the licensing to do the major label stuff, you know? Uh, so I started finding bands on Twitter, finding them on social media and just saying, Hey, can I play your music? And it just over time, um, ballooned into this podcast, an internet radio show where we feature artists from all over the world. And so I did that for a couple of years. Um, you know, had some co-hosts come, had some co-hosts go, and then, you know, decided, you know, if I'm going to build a following and a brand around this, it needs to be localized. Um, if there's, if it's really going to do everything that it can do to support local music, it has to start somewhere. And around the time I was, I really had an eye on moving back out here to the Lehigh Valley and eventually, you know, had that come to fruition and decided this was the perfect place to do it. You know, it's not New York, it's not Philly in terms of size, but this is the type of place where somebody like me can come in and really integrate himself in the art scene and the music scene very quickly and have an impact. And so I thought it was perfect for that kind of thing. And I started thinking of what kinds of content could, you know, kind of go around the Quinn Spin to support it. And eventually it just led to this idea of starting a blog, an indie news site. And that's what became Lehigh Valley Underground. So Quinspin started mid-2013. By this point, it's late 2015, and I'm getting ready to launch Lehigh Valley Underground. And really had no idea what to expect. I didn't know how it would be received. I just knew that I was going to just 
try to start building relationships and try to start letting people know, hey, this exists and this exists for you out here on the scene. And I mean, looking back, it's you know pretty remarkable to me how far it's come in a little over a year. Our, our official launch date was January 18th, 2016. So we just passed one year, and we've uh, we've had the opportunity to, to do a lot of really cool things, uh, which I'm sure we'll talk about uh, as we go on here. But I'm really excited for what the future holds. Well, it's interesting that the the website came first. No, I'm sorry, the podcast came first, then followed by you know the written component that that the the, compa- the written companion to uh, what the podcast is about. Um, now, if you if you're not familiar with Quinn Spin, you should definitely check it out. I I listened to it too, and um, it's really a great showcase for you know, some really great rock bands that you would not otherwise know about if it weren't for Gerard doing all of the digging for you. Well, I appreciate that, Brian. And, you know, it's, it's, it's been a lot of fun and, you know, we, we try to branch out, you know, so not just rock, but, you know, we'll play some hip hop. We've played jazz before on the show. We've played, Electronica. I just uh, released a show a couple weeks ago that had a little bit of everything within the hour, a little over an hour episode. And that's what we try to do because, you know, it's it's one thing to kind of stay boxed into, you know, what's given to you, what's given to you on your more corporate mainstream radio channels. But, you know, when you do that, you don't realize that, you know, all this music still exists out there. It's still being made by people who are passionate about what they do. And so the Quinn spin has really over time come to be a showcase, you know, for those people and their talents and kind of as as something to raise awareness to folks who might not know folks who might not, you know, look too far outside what's, you know, readily given to them in their mainstream outlets to discover new things and realize, you know what, I didn't know anybody was even still making this kind of, hard rock or hip hop. And here it is on this show. And, you know, so hopefully, you know, from there, they, you know, tune in regularly or fairly regularly and, you know, learn a little bit more about what we do. Well, with the way that media is nowadays, everything is so compartmentalized. And what I mean by that is that you may have a favorite playlist on Spotify or on Pandora or whatever, And you tend, I mean, at least this is just anecdotal, Uh anecdotally, but um, I find that people tend to listen to the same thing over and over and over again now more than ever. I mean, that may just be me, my uh, crazy viewpoint, but that's why I think the podcast is so cool because I don't know what I'm going to get. But it's. I know it's right. going to be interesting. Mm-hmm. And and that that's the goal is to you know not stay boxed in. I mean, I personally I listen to everything. You know, there's not a genre I won't touch <laughs> in my own listening habits. You know, I'll give everything at least a chance. And I think you know I, I'd like to think that that's reflected in what comes forth in the in the show. You know, I mean, do I listen to a lot of rock? Yeah, I, I do. That's probably my bread and butter. But I. There are plenty of hip hop artists I love. There's, I've gained, you know, through knowing you, especially Brian and a lot of the artists around here, you know, I've gained a, a very real appreciation for jazz and everything, you know, that 
you know, jazz can be. Um, so I, I try not to, you know, give people the same thing all the time. I always, you know, try to play different music. I try not to repeat tracks. If I repeat a track, that means I really, really like the track, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know. Um, but that's the thing is I just try to give some people something that they haven't heard before and hopefully they enjoy it. Your passion for music is loud and clear. How do you take that and how do you turn that into a business? It's, it's, I think people get into podcasting thinking that it's, you know, as viable a medium in terms of being able to generate, to generate dollars from it. Um, But that's not always the case. And, you know, you need a couple of other components. I, I mean, in my view, around a podcast to, to turn it into a business, which I'm, I'm watching you do from, from afar. What's, what is your strategy? How do you, how do you tackle that issue? What trial and error <laughs> I, I can tell you, um, you know, the, when I started the Quinn spin, I, I thought, you know, much like a lot of other people think, and that's, Oh, well I see other people podcasting and making a living off of it. It must be easy. I'm going to do this, you know, and it is the, whatever the opposite of easy is, it's that. And then some, <laughs> you know, it's, you know, it, you learn a lot. I mean, you learn a lot about building a following now, with, with, you know, the Quinspin and its, I guess, original early incarnation, it was kind of throw everything to the wall, see what sticks, you know. And that means play artists from anywhere, feature them from anywhere, which we still do. You know, we still play music from everywhere, but there, there was a lot less structure. You know, there was a lot more talk, not, you know, not so much focus on the music. And so that that that's one aspect of it is really making it about the artist really making it about the music because that's what's going to keep them coming back you know number two is you know learning how to localize like i said um you know that has become a very important component to not only the quinn spin but lehigh valley underground the fact that it's local the fact that people can relate to it the fact that you know they can look on the site any day and see something that pertains to them something that interests them uh, has been really important. Also, it comes down to your ability to market. Uh, now, I'm a marketer, you know, by trade. I do that for a living now, you know, partially in thanks to the lessons learned from the Quinn Spin, but your ability to put your brand out there and put it out there professionally, put it out there consistently, you know, with consistent messaging to people. And also in the public relations aspect, the relationships you build, the people that you get to know and how you help them is what's going to help you, you know, and, you know, I've been saying since launching Lehigh Valley Underground that it takes a scene to build a scene. And I've seen that be nothing but the truth um, over the, over the course of time here, you know, we're all in this together. We're all trying to, you know, benefit from this. We're all trying to reap the rewards of our hard work and we're all trying to be successful. And it's very important, you know, especially as entrepreneurs, especially as creatives to do that together and you know, the, the moment we break away from that is the moment that we each individually start to, to struggle because you can't do that kind of thing alone. You need relationships and you need, you know, in this world of, you know, independent music and creative arts where resources are limited, you need strength in numbers. And that's been, I think, very important to this point. You know, getting to that point, first of all, where I, to where I realized that, but then also to the point of 
you know, helping, you know, having that help the platform of Lehigh Valley Underground along and in turn having it help the artists that we support, the venues, the organizations. What is, so when I go to Lehigh Valley Underground, what do I see? Do I see music journalism? Do I see commentary about the arts or about public affairs? What's for people who aren't familiar with the site? Um, you know, what, what's the overall tone of the written content? Well, the overall tone is pretty casual. I mean, it's rooted in music journalism. That's our bread and butter. Um, you know, a lot of, like I said, a lot of opinion pieces, reviews of albums, reviews of performances, but also some longer form features. Uh, the, one of my favorites is a feature that we did not too long ago on Crystal Pig Studios, which is a recording studio um, run by Bob Giovanetti of Alpha Zero Three, the band Alpha Zero Three, uh, right outside Phillipsburg, New Jersey, so not too far from us. And I just sat down with Bob for three hours, put my reporter hat on. I was a reporter in a past life right out of college and just listened for three hours and let him show me everything that goes into his craft. And that was a really fun piece to work on because I really just got to put that objective reporter's hat on and just really just take it all in and then turn it into this feature. Um, and I, I, I want to do more content like that. Um, you know, of course it's finding the time, you know, because, you know, through this endeavor, you know, I also work full time and sometimes work part time on top of that. So, uh, primarily what you'll see right now is you're going to see a lot of album reviews. You're going to see a lot of show reviews, photo galleries, you know, content that kind of, you know, the day-to-day of your music scene here in the Lehigh Valley. And also, of course, the Quinn Spin, when it's in season, you'll see episodes of that popping up. You'll see announcements that we have um, for Lehigh Valley Underground, which they seem to be getting more and more frequent, which is a good thing. Uh, so you'll really see a good variety. And, of course, there are some contributed pieces, some interview pieces that I get from uh, people in the community, people that I've kind of banded together with and that have come to me and said, hey, I want to contribute to Lehigh Valley Underground. And that's been big, too, because that opens us up to different audiences who might not know about us. And that all comes together, I think, to build the strength of the platform and make it an all-encompassing resource for the entire music scene, not necessarily just pockets of it. Well, and you know, the ability to scale anything depends on, you know, manpower or, 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 or bodies, at least. Um, having... Let's sort of unpack. You said there was a lot in what you just said, mm-hmm. and specific to the podcast, you have the way you publish. It's in a, it's in seasons rather than once a week or twice a month year round. What? So how long is a season for the purposes of Quinspin? Uh, we go from. Mid to late January until the Monday before Memorial Day. And the reason I cut it off there is because the summer, you know, it's festival season. Um, there are a lot of live music events, a lot of things to go out and cover for the sake of Lehigh Valley Underground itself. And so I definitely don't want to miss those opportunities. So we take off for the summer from the Quinspin. Uh, last year we did a special for Music Fest, which for those who don't know is um, 
a big outdoor music festival in downtown Bethlehem, Pennsylvania, the last 10 days. Uh, we did a special to preview that place. Some of the artists also had an interview uh, piece as part of that episode, kind of in the middle of the summer. And just also to remind people that were there. But then we took the rest of the summer off. And then we come back mid-September and go pretty much right up until the holidays, maybe a week or two before Christmas. And then we kind of just take a, you know, a brief winter break, kind of recharge, restock on our music, restock on our interviews, and come out swinging in the new year uh, when it all starts again in January. So when the new year rolls around, you have – you already have episodes that are that are done. Or, or do you – I mean how, how far ahead do you do you work? Uh, I try to work far ahead, at least in terms of interviews. I mean, episodes, I kind of like those episodes to be in the moment, you know, Uh, because there are segments that I do on the show, like uh, Stupid News with the Quinn, or uh, a Good News segment uh, that I do called Something Good, that I I like those segments to be timely, so I prefer to, you know, have the episode shell itself, the the transition segments between music and those news segments, be timely. The interviews, though, I'll get done in advance, and I actually prefer to do that because through the rush of the work week and, you know, keeping Lehigh Valley underground, all those plates spinning, and also, you know, having a personal life as well, it just makes it easier if, you know, a couple weeks before I just, you know, I, I set aside a day and I have three or four interviews in that day at a time. And I record them all. Sometimes I'll do live guests, sometimes I'll do over the phone, depending on distance. And I'll just have those in the reserves, and then I'll kind of be able to plan, okay, this one's going to go on the season premiere. This one's going to go the week after. Just kind of plan out at least an early season schedule, and then the rest of it kind of falls into place. That is a lot of planning. I mean, that doesn't just (laughs) – that you make it sound very matter-of-fact, but the the reality is that takes a long time to refine – Everything you just described, it's not like you're somebody just starting out is going to be able to handle. You really have to think very strategically with with something like this, more so than than I think people than people realize. I mean, for 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 this show, you know, my goal is to put something out every week. So generally, the format is there's a CEO, an artist an essay and an audience question in any given month. There's those, those are the four elements of what, uh, what this is all about, but it does get tough unless you can plan ahead and get two or three weeks accounted for at any given time. That way you're not um, going into Monday thinking, all right, what are we going to do this week? Uh, You know, what, what value can we, can we deliver? And sometimes harder than others. I mean, you know, through, like I said, the rush of, you know, having a day job and everyday life and then things popping up, you know, sometimes, sometimes it does come down to that 11th hour of, okay, I have an interview. That's good. Now I need to put the rest of the show together and I need to do it right when I get home from work. (laughs) You know, it's, it's challenging because, you know, you're trying to balance all these things, but I think what it takes is just, uh, you know, a level of commitment to realize, you know, that it's important to be on top of your game and it's important to put out a consistent product. It's important, you know, that people can expect something from you every week that you're not, not 
promising things and then all of a sudden at the last minute you don't have an episode and then you don't have another one for three weeks. You know, it's important to deliver. And that's one thing that, you know, over the course of time, you know, I've really gotten comfortable with is, you know, no matter what, I'm going to find a way to deliver. And I think it's, you know, both in, in the respect of the Quinston and now Lehigh Valley Underground, I think it's really served me well and it served us well as an organization. I think, you know, because of that, you know, that's the reason why we're on the cusp of some pretty cool things. Well, you're you're absolutely right that consistency is is the thing. I mean, it, it, the product has to be objectively good, but it has to be objectively good on a consistent basis. So whether that's, um, you know, whether that is a rigid publication schedule, you know that you know, hell or high water, you're, you're coming out with something every two weeks or once every three weeks, whatever it happens to be, then that's what you have to stick to because that seems to be one of the, one of the tricks with this kind of, uh, you know, producing this kind of content is that you have to be consistent. Now with respect to the rest of the, Oh, and the other thing I wanted to ask you is, you're recording and you're engineering all the episodes yourself. You're doing the whole, do you have a producer or how does that shake out? It's uh, it's all me. Um, pretty, pretty early in the Quinn spins previous run. This is from 2013 to 2015. I found somebody who was getting rid of a 12 channel mixer and gently used for 200 bucks. And I bought it. And then I slowly, taught myself to be good enough on it to where I put out an episode on it every week. Um, and so I put everything together. I record into the mixer, um, you know, everything through the laptop. And then I splice the shows together in Adobe audition and I take all the music submissions that we get, the ones I'm going to play on the show. And I put it all into what I you know think and hope is a seamless episode every week. Um, what I would love to do eventually is go live somehow, which I experimented with some ways of doing that. Um, you know, I'm, I'm looking for the right one right now. And I, you know, I have a couple options that I've identified as potentially the right one, but you know, it takes time and it takes planning. And, you know, I, I'm not the type of person these days to really want to jump in and just do something for the sake of doing it. I want to make sure it's the right time and I want to make sure everything, you know, all the ducks are in a row before taking that step. So for now, it's, you know, it's a matter of pre-recording, mixing, and uh, putting out a product every single week. Yeah, I mean, broadcasting or, or podcasting live or streaming live presents a whole other set of technical considerations that, you know, you don't have here, even though, you know, for the purposes of this podcast, we, I don't really go back and fix anything later with a rare exception, you know, if an airplane flies overhead or, uh, you know, you hear, you know, some un unexpected, you know, commotion, um, generally it's, it's totally stream of, you know, real time, just back and forth. Um, yeah, live would worry me. I don't know if I would <laughs> just personally, I don't know if I would be ready to, uh, uh, to take that leap, so more power to you if uh, if you can make it work. Now you've been experimenting with video too. How has that been going? 
Uh, it's been going. I mean, that's more uh, a general Lehigh Valley underground thing than the Quinn spin. But, um, you know, I always want to be able to do more. I mean, I, I did the video pretty much the same way I do the Quinn spin is through the 12 channel mixer, you know, in, in terms of audio and then just using the laptop on the camera. Uh, we did some year end uh, videos with Dustin Schuf, uh, who's another local uh, music blogger here. Uh, so we did a year end series on, you know, our mm -hmm. best of picks for 2016. Yeah. And that went very well. Those got a very good reaction. But now I kind of want to push that envelope a little further and I want to find ways to do more with video. Now, you know, part of that is getting the right equipment. Part of that is, you know, having the presentation of it match what you're going for. And so as, as we get, you know, as we get closer to that point and as we're ready to do that, I think you'll be seeing more and more video content coming out from Lehigh Valley Underground. Um, so it's something that's on the radar and it's something that, you know, is always on my mind to do more of, uh, because I mean, you, you look on Facebook, you look on any social channel and everything's visual now, even Twitter, it has become very visual uh, yep, relative yep. to where it used to be. And so I think in order for us to, in order for us to stay relevant as the years go, we're going to have to do more and more of that. And, you know, I'm not just talking your Facebook Live video on your phone, which is something that I also do. I'm talking you know, produce video, you know, something that you can really put forward as, you know, a polished piece. That, that's really what I'd be interested in making happen going forward. And again, you know, I, I'm identifying, you know, streams to do that. I'm identifying ways and perhaps people to partner with that, you know, where it would be beneficial for all of us. Um so stay tuned on that because I think I think over the next uh, year or so there's going to be more of that coming. Aside from the video, what what uh, what goals do you have for the next? You know, let's let's take 2017. I know anybody that has a small business goes into the year, or they should. Um, if they don't, you know, they go into a new year saying, "All right, I'm going to accomplish," you know, one or two or or you know maybe three big, you know, primary goals what are what are those for you well the big goal for lehigh valley underground this year was to get involved in producing more events you know gi uh, giving artists performance opportunities doing more than just featuring content but really having a bigger stamp out there on the scene itself and we're doing that actually um friday february 10th we have our first showcase that we are putting on uh, it's called the Lehigh Valley Underground Winter Jamboree. It's in Asbury, New Jersey. Not Asbury Park, that's down the shore, but in Warren County, right outside Phillipsburg. Right. It's right. at American Spirits Roadhouse, and we have some really great artists, you know, uh, in the vein of acoustic roots Americana music. We have Julia Summer, who's this tremendous uh, charter arts student, a powerful voice. I think she's a junior or senior in high school, and she's really going places. We also have... Uh, gentleman by the name of Chris Fricky, who um, is an acoustic artist. You know, he's kind of venturing out solo. He's been in bands and other projects, and he's starting to do his solo thing a little bit more. Uh, Carter Lansing, a good friend of Acoustic Kitty Project, mm -hmm. who's going to be performing sure. uh, some original music. And then we have uh, two full bands, Copperfields, and they're like an Americana bluegrass type band. And then Pentley Holmes and the Lucid Dreamers, they're like a soul and folk, a little bit of R&B kind of sound. And then to close the night, we're actually having an after party with Dear Anna. Uh, they're an original band, but they also do covers, so we figured that would be really good for the Blake crowd who's sticking around after Pentley. So um, we want to do more of that. And I, 
things are in the works to do more of that, to really have more of a stamp on events. I'm talking to some other bands about doing some other shows out, um, out on the scene. Uh, and we're also pretty heavily involved in the Lehigh Valley Music Awards this year. We are actually uh, putting on the pre-show at the ArtsQuest Center in Bethlehem on Sunday, March 5th. So that's from 3 to 4 p.m. We will be there, and we will be kind of moving the action along, uh, serving as a host, letting people know, hey, ceremony's starting in 10 minutes, and also uh, giving a chance to a lot of local vendors to get out and get recognized in front of the local art scene and the local music scene. So that, that's been a big goal this year, and also just to continue building relationships, to find more people to work with, to touch more parts of the scene and more people involved and really see what we can create together. Well, and we also need to talk about how the underground and jazz fest uh, in Allentown can do a sort of bigger and better version of, uh, of what, of what we did last year. So we've got some, a lot of collaboration coming up, I think. Of course. And I want to thank you again here, here publicly for, uh, for Jazz Fest last year, that was our first uh, festival media partnership. Fun fact for those out there, and it was it was a blast. And like I said, I mean, you know, it really gave me, I think, a much stronger appreciation for jazz and everything that constitutes as jazz. So definitely looking forward to Jazz Fest again. Well, that'll be in our our part two um, interview because we've I've got a lot of we have a lot of plans for that, and and we'll be able to get into that probably next month. Um, <clears throat> excuse me, early, um, very early March is when we'll, we'll come out with all that stuff, but I'll, we'll talk about that <laughs> beforehand. So, um, what, what do you think, uh, who do you like nationally? Who, what, what bands are, are on your radar screen in terms of, uh, national acts? Um, I mean, if we're talking all-time favorites, um, I'll actually go international. <laughs> um, Our Lady Peace, they're, um, they're out of Canada, and they, they had a couple of really major hits down here in the States in the late 90s, early 2000s. Um, I love those guys. Rain Maida, their front man, is a tremendous songwriter, tremendous lyricist, and I think just really is able to capture the essence of what he's going for every time out. And they've really evolved from you know the 90s, the post-grunge thing that they started as, to being able to pretty much encompass any genre of rock that they please. I mean, every album of theirs is different. Um, their most recent one, Curve, was completely... Like, if you listen to their first album, Navid, which was you know rooted almost exclusively in post-grunge to Curve in 2012, I mean, that's a complete difference. But it's still has an Our Lady Peace kind of quality about it that you can't really describe, but it's there and you know it's them and they've kind of taken each sound on each album and made it their own. And that's somebody, you know, that, that, that's a band that I've really come to admire. Another one that I saw just in Allentown that I really, really like is 21 Pilots. I think they're tremendous and they've really blown up, um, you know, in the popular music scene. But I think, you know, it's one of those cases where it's for all the right reasons. They put on a tremendous live show. And for just two guys, you know, doing what they do, I mean, they, they can accomplish a lot, you know, multi-instrumentalists, brilliant performers, and they really give their all each time out. I mean, I've also been a big, uh, big Bon Jovi fan for a while. A lot of people wouldn't have me pegged as that, but I, I've just really come to admire, you know, the, the staying power 
of that band and what they've really been able to capture over the years. And, you know, just what John Bon Jovi has been able to do, not only as a musician, but, you know, as a businessman and as a member of society, I, I think is tremendous. And, you know, then, you know, there's the hip hop side of things. Like I said, you know, I'm not just rock. I like hip hop. I, you know, Hoodie Allen's a great independent rapper that I've really taken to over the mm-hmm. past couple of years. Macklemore is, is another one who, you know, you get past the thrift shop song and right. there's some really interesting deep cuts there and some really interesting commentary on society. Um, but I'm always getting into new stuff. And, you know, I have a habit of even getting into bands and artists after they've really been relevant in the mainstream. You know, I, I, like I've heard of them, I've heard one or two songs of theirs, but then they'll come back around and I'll really get into them like years after their big hit, you know, and that's really exciting for me because, you know, a lot of people, you know, you hear them say like, oh, this band's coming to down, town, you know, oh, they still make music? I'm like, yeah, they've been making better music than you've ever heard. You should check it out, <laughs> you know? So it's, um, yeah, it, it's, it's really a lot of fun to, you know, pay attention to, you know, a more national, international scene as well, because, you know, there's so much great stuff happening, even at that level that people don't realize. And I think, you know, in that sense, you know, everyone's kind of fighting the same battle to, you know, have their art noticed and really be recognized and taken seriously for what they do. And I think it happens to all of us, whether you're 21 Pilots, whether you're Bon Jovi or Our Lady Peace, or whether you're a local act just getting started. I think everybody, you know, is fighting that battle. Well, there you go. Fighting the uh, good fight. That's probably the title of our, uh, <laughs> of our talk tonight. Um, <laughs> we are going to be able to cut circle back in a couple of weeks and talk about some, talk about some things in the spring. So um, really would love to uh, do an episode two with you uh, in the very near future. Of course, absolutely. Uh, all right. Well, Gerard, thanks so much for hanging with me tonight. And this episode actually will be published the day before your showcase. So if you're listening to it on Thursday, February 9th, when this comes out, the showcase that Gerard talked about is actually happening tomorrow night, which would be February 10, right? Yep, that's correct. American Spirits Roadhouse in Asbury, New Jersey. There you go. All right, everybody. Gerard Longo, LehighValleyUnderground.com. Thanks for listening to Creative Confidential. To get future episodes, subscribe on iTunes or follow us on SoundCloud or Stitcher or visit us on the web at creativeconfidential.net.